Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey everyone, welcome to another bonus content episode of The Geek Buddies! On this one, we are doing our spoiler-filled review of The Boys, uh, the new show that was that's on Amazon Prime now. Amazon Prime's most watched show. There you go. Ooh. And we wanted to wait. You know, I know that other channels come out with their reviews like the day of the thing that drops or the next. And I'm guilty of it. We, we're guilty of a Collider. But with Geek Buddies, we like to kind of let you all take your time to watch the show because we know not a lot of you binge everything and there's so much to watch. And then we give you our spoiler review. So this is our spoiler review of the show. We let it marinate for a little bit, and then we discuss it. So um, first impressions of the overall show, this great 10-episode show. Hey, so this is Shannon McClung. I did not read – I didn't. I, I mean, I had heard about the book, okay. uh, about the graphic novel. Um, I, I didn't really – I didn't read it, but um, man – Fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. easily. I mean, I would put it up there as Amazon, one of Amazon's best shows. Yeah. Um. I, I think it sort of uh, reinforces the idea that Carl Urban should be a movie star. Oh yeah. Um. And the the gentleman who uh, plays uh, Homelander. Who, yeah. He's holy uh, shit. I believe he is from New Zealand. Yeah. He's in Banshee. He's um, in Banshee for years. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He fantastic. was amazing and horrifying. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've read the book uh, or the com- like I don't know twenty five thirty issues of the comic book. Um, it is way more brutal than the show shows, and that and the show is pretty brutal on its own. Um, apparently, there was a scene that they cut. They said one of the creators uh, said this afterwards, where Homelander is sitting on one of those eagles in New York after he's had a bad interaction with Elizabeth Shue character, and he starts uh, uh, masturbating and comes all over because I can do what I want because I'm whole- I can do whatever I want. And, and they cut it, but that it, wow. that is the level of scene that you see in that the was the line. Books. That was the line. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch when you watch the boys, you're like, well, how much would have been too much? That, <laughs> one. That's the one. <laughs> Self gratification <laughs> on a statue of an eagle. Can't do it. 
Can't do this, it. This country loves their eagles. <laughs> they do. Draw they the do. line somewhere. But I also I think this is such a brilliant concept to kind of show the what would what might actually happen if human beings were able to do uh, or have this kind of superpower. One hundred percent. Right. They would monetize it. Yeah, they would monetize it. Uh, and also, they would like be covered by certain situations, like we see at the beginning of the show when Homie's girlfriend gets killed. You're like, oh, this is all just cover. But what I liked about the show was that you started to see that there were more dimensions to this than were originally presented, more points of view. The Deep was an asshole in that first episode, but damn it if they didn't try to find a way to somewhat redeem him in your eyes as the show went along. I mean, did they? I don't know. I don't think they, they were going. I don't think they were necessarily going to redeem him. They just kind of showed how pitiful he really was. Mm. Like, I don't think that was a redemption story because I mean, he you basically didn't feel sad for him. He, no, okay, I didn't feel sad for him. I mean, he gets sent to Ohio after uh, breaking a dolphin <laughs> that oh. it is implied he's in a relationship with yeah. out of SeaWorld. Uh, Ocean Land, Ocean Land, <laughs> and then he gets, he gets he gets sent to Ohio and has a Britney Spears level breakdown where he shaves his head. Yeah, I mean, like, eh, I don't I don't know that that's a Redemption, so much as you're like, God, you're pitiful. Yeah, you feel bad. You're you're a pitiful celebrity. And shout out to Chase. Uh, That was a great portrayal too of the deep Chase Crawford. Uh, He did such a good job. But really, Aaron Aaron Moriarty and Jack Wade are the two kind of main characters in this whole thing, and they were incredible. I mean, Aaron Moriarty, a starlight. She's the only kind of pure one in the whole show. Yeah, everyone else has some kind of dirty stuff that they're doing. Yeah. In there, even Jack Wade, whose girlfriend gets killed, he participates in some dirty shit to try to, to somewhat try to get revenge. Well, I mean, and, and he more or less says, I mean, he goes down a road, yeah. and had he not met Starlight, uh, he would have gone down the the butcher's, you know, butcher, yeah. you know, Carl Urban's road. Yeah. And I think she kind of pulls him back from that, and they, them finding each other. And I think that's what's great about the boys is I think that uh, I love superheroes yeah. obviously and i love i love me you know a good avengers end game brings me to tears i love my heroes being heroic but i love that we now live in an era where we can have these other versions of superheroes that really yeah. kind of break down the superhero genre and look we all know whether it's politics whether it's hollywood and celebrities like we all know that there's people doing stuff that's getting swept under the rug and pr teams that are right. coming in to cover everything up and so seeing that done with superheroes Kind of, it takes it to its logical conclusion, and it's a ton of fun. Yeah. But because you have that story of Huey and Starlight in the middle of all this, and that there is that heart in the center of it, that's what makes it worth watching. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now you've read the the comics as well. Yeah, I read the comics when they came out. So yeah. I, Johnny probably knows better the the ins and outs because you've read it more recently. Yeah. Uh, was but, it a limited series? It was a limited series. No, it went on. No, 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 it went on for quite some time. Okay, so then you, I mean, you guys would be able to answer this. Simon Pegg playing yeah. Huey's dad. Yeah. Does that lead someplace? Because that seems like such a no. Here's casting. why it is because in in the in the comic book, Huey, because the comic book came out several years ago. Yes, Simon Pegg was a little 2008 younger, two thousand eight or two thousand five, uh, something like that. Huey was drawn to look like Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Oh, right, so, so that was, was a little bit homage. of an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, but, well, okay, that makes sense. By the way, and I'd read the comics recently. It didn't even occur to me that he looked like Simon oh, Pegg. Yeah. And then when a couple of people tweeted at me about it, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. It, it was like when sense. I read it, it was right, you know, and it was during like Hot Fuzz and everything else. So you mm. like, I read the comic and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Simon Pegg. <laughs> That's who he is. Like, was, I get it. It was totally Simon Pegg. Um, what else is there? Like, what did you think of um, 
the bigger the bigger arc of the story with like the butcher and his girlfriend yeah. and the oh. homelander and yeah oh, i loved it i and and that's what i really enjoyed is that they they took their time kind of uh, uh exploring each person's story and showing the fact and then showing the the arc of homelander right he started out initially as kind of you thought this kind of like the one who isn't going to do these kinds of because in the book in the comic book she sucks all their dicks and that's Terrible, right? It's horrible. The book is way more brutal than, yeah. the, than the show, for like the, sure. The queen is terrible to Starlight for quite some time yeah. before she finally finds some kind of common ground. But like this whole thing that Homelander, uh, the progression of him from like this kind of guy who really wants to do more and why aren't you using me? And he's kind of dumb. He's got this great power, but he's a little dumb and goes off on his own. It's a little bit of a loose cannon. A dumb loose cannon is a terrible thing to have when you're the and essentially the the mightiest thing on the planet, right? The way he takes down the plane, and the but then that scene where he's like essentially going like I, I got when she when he's like essentially almost suckling Elizabeth Shue's breasts like he's still bosom a, bosom sure like he's still a child. It reminded me of that Time magazine picture where that fifteen year old is still like breastfeeding at his mom's breast and you're like holy shit like and then you find out that he wasn't raised by a woman at all wow. he's essentially a test tube baby you find that so again they do such a great job of showing the backstory of all these characters so that when they have the end of their arcs you have a more rounder understanding you can decide for yourself if you feel sympathy or don't feel sympathy but you have a more rounder understanding of each of these characters yeah, well, and i it, love that and i think what it really breaks down is is the idea and it's a scary horrifying idea but in a world of superheroes where all of these super because we've seen it so many times happen with celebrities i mean right god love lindsay lohan was great back in the day but look at her now yeah uh and you see how the world of celebrity just breaks these people and sends them down these horrible road add laser vision or super strength or flight to that. Yeah. And it's a scary proposition. And I think what they really do is, you know, you see through Starlight's perspective kind of coming into this world, like she makes it into the seven, which is like, it's like winning American Idol times 35,000. You know what I mean? Like she made the cut. She goes up to the big leagues and you just find out that everybody's fucked up and broken. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning, you're right. Like you're like, well, you're all assholes. But as they sort of break everybody down, whether it be just watching how fragile the deep's ego is, yeah. watching how Homelander is just barely holding on. Queen Maeve, you know, has this previous relationship with this yeah. woman that didn't work out because she couldn't like open herself up. Uh, you know, um, each one of them. Yeah. Uh, has their uh, you know a train has a ton of issues oh yeah and, and so you just see that like it's not only that they're just assholes and horrible people but they're like literally broken mm-hmm. yeah and you watch how starlight sort of refuses to break yep and I mean that's really really compelling like it's just really great storytelling and on top of that the way that they used this the superhero universe yeah. to deal with every issue from uh the hypocrisy of Christianity to uh, the LGBTQ stuff with right. the the Christian superhero, the stretchy guy, yeah. uh, to just like dealing with all of these big issues, uh, you know, racial profiling with A Train in the store with the security guard, like yeah. it just it made me really excited to see where they're going to go in future seasons because like it's just a commentary on everything. You know, it's mind blowing too. There were no supervillains. The superheroes the were the supervillains. 
Right, until the end. And that was, I mean, the idea of a superhero arms race is also a thing that, you know, especially given our current political climate, yeah. uh, you know, you look at that and it just makes sense. It was like they wanted nothing more than to just, like, get in the government. Like, they, like you know, they had all of these bigger aspirations that had nothing to do with saving people, that had nothing to do with making society better, and it wasn't going to work. And, well, what do you do? You create a problem that is so big that only these people can handle it. And so basically the fact that these superheroes who were sort of the villains of the season have now created actual supervillains. I mean, that's like, that's, that's just, it's just like, it just blowing up so big for the second season and beyond. Like it's great. I mean, I know they're already shooting season two right now. uh, And I'm stoked to see where it goes next. Yeah, the the um, Black Noir. Do we ever get into yeah. him? We yeah. we find out more about him as well. Oh, yeah, and his piano playing skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I I think from the beginning, uh, you know that Butcher's plan is not going to go well. It's just right. like whatever, why ever you are doing this. My my guess as a consumer of, of film and TV, I'm like, this is not going to go according to plan. And then watching the flashback episode mm-hmm. where his girlfriend is, is I wouldn't say she's taken with Homelander, but it's like, she's, she's, uh, she's being paid attention to yeah. enamored of en- enamored. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it reminded me, and we don't know for sure. If what, <sighs> if what Homeland of what we don't butcher know, thinks and, is to happen. Well, and that's or the not. big, I mean, big, big spoiler. Big right. spoiler is, you know, the whole idea that like, you know, the butcher's wife disappeared, presumably died or committed suicide, was killed. And then you kind of find out around episodes seven, eight, nine, that she got pregnant with Homelander's baby. Right. And was either, you know, according to. One source was killed in birth. Another source was a miscarriage. And then, I mean, the big thing at the end with the Homelander, I mean, like just that big twist at the end where Homelander takes Butcher and goes right to the house where his wife is with the her with the Homelander's son. Right. And is totally clearly alive. It's like it just left it on such a cliffhanger where you're like, where is this going to go? You yeah. know, you kind of get to this ultimate confrontation with Butcher and Homelander and you're like, OK, here we go. Yeah. What's going to happen? And it just... It could go this way or this way, and they just choose option yeah. D and send you down this hole of the road, and you're like, fuck. And watching that scene, and, and it made me think of, you know, coincidentally, of uh, Love Actually. Uh, that moment with Billy Bob Thornton and Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant's Oh, secretary, right, right, right. When she's trying to explain, like, I, I didn't know what to do. He's the president. Right. So that sort of dwarfing in... in to someone more powerful. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you can see where someone who could be in a happy, committed relationship would step out on their partner because, well, what do I do right now? Yeah. Well, I, I knew she was, I mean, you don't cast Chantel Van Santen and, and not bring her right. a, a, into a stronger uh, role. So I love that they did a good thing. But Elizabeth Shue, I thought Elizabeth Shue was good for a majority of the series. I think as the series went on and shit got more deep, more, uh, more complex, I think she wasn't quite up to the task 100%. Really? I, th- I liked her. Yeah? I think her bag of tricks works for a two-hour movie. I don't think it works for an eight or nine-hour yeah. nine hour series. I, I feel like she was a little caught out as the emotions got – as things got a little more deep, more complex. I feel like she wasn't quite up to that level that she'd been in the first few episodes. Okay. And so when they killed her off, I wasn't necessarily sad about it. Uh, although I was shocked that he did it, but I wasn't necessarily sad about it. So because like, okay – 
who's going to take her spot? That's another mystery walking into the next season is who's going to come in and kind of take over this program if there's going to be anybody. Well, and also there's the question, though. I mean, like, it's the... The entire series is based around the idea that Vox, as a company, right. is sort of in control of these heroes. And I think that, like, the implication that I got by the end is, like, they're only under control as long as they want to be under control. Exactly. And it seems like they're good to not be under anyone's control anymore. <laughs> and that's bad for everybody. Well, certainly Homelander. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not so much the queen or anyone else, but they like they want allowances to be able to pursue their own personal uh, points of view. I thought the A train scene. Okay, the plane scene is probably the best scene of the of the show. Don't you that think? That was brutal, right? I mean, like her having to leave those people oh. and Homelander being so flippant about it, so casual about it, and that could develop in someone. Like I save so many planes. Sometimes they go down. Sometimes I just can't do it. I'll save the next one. And you're just like, fuck, that kind of, that kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it's not cynicism, but just kind of matter of factness about it is almost unsettling because our tendency is to believe you're supposed to save them all. Right. Well, I mean, and, and it's an interesting comparison to the MCU, like in, in Civil War, right, after right. the whole thing in uh, Sokovia. Was, uh, no, not Sokovia. Uh, is it Kenya at the beginning? Oh, um, it, with the explosion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, with, right, uh, right, right. with Crossbones. Right. Where Chris Evans says to Elizabeth, Ol- uh, Elizabeth Olsen afterwards, we try to save everybody. We don't always succeed. And then you see sort of the matter of factness that Homelander is like, yeah, you know, I'll get the, I'll get the next <laughs> I'll one. I'll get the next well, one. <laughs> but it wasn't even that because I think what made the Homeland, what made that scene even more brutal and what made Homelander even worse yeah. was the idea, not only the realization that you get on this plane and you can't save everybody, that sucks. The fact that Homelander refused to save anybody, <laughs> anybody, because they would be able to say what really happened, right? Like when Maeve was like, "Just take take them," and he was like, "No, because they'll be able to say what we did." Yeah, like right. that's it's it's not just the flippancy or the cynicism of you can't win them all. It's I refuse to win this because it will make me look bad. Right. Yeah. And, right. and clearly, uh, Superman Returns does not exist in the boys' universe because Superman did save a plane. Like that. <laughs> well, but what I actually, what I actually, and this is what I love. What I love about the boys, uh, one of the many things I loved about the boys, but what I really liked about the comic and 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 especially the, the series is that it's not like a lot of the ideas in the show were new. Right. Most of the powers are – I mean the seven are just a thinly veiled Justice League. Most of the powers are characters that we know. And you know the uh, I forget her name because she's just the female in the comic, but uh, the, the Asian woman. Right. Um, oh, anim- uh, woman. Female. 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 Yeah. Uh, but she, ha- but her, she, she's named. They, they find yeah, out her name yeah, in the yeah, show. Yeah, I just yeah. can't recall it at the moment. She's Wolverine. Yeah. I mean she's literally Wolverine. Or she's, even X-23. Yeah, or X-23. Right. Um, but what I loved about the moment that you're talking about is that – like the physics of what Superman does actually don't make sense because you can't actually lift a plane in the air no matter how strong you are because you don't have anything to push off of. And so the fact that they just sort of made that comment, he's, she's like, well, why can't you just lift the plane? He's like, I can't lift the plane. I'm in the middle of the air. What am I going to push off of? And I loved how they took – they're still in a superhero universe. Yeah. They still have these ridiculously impossible powers, but there's a certain level of physics that they're like, no, we're going to go ahead and call that out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, I, I agree. And I wonder how many people watching that moment went, ah, 
Because how many times have we seen Superman bring a plane <laughs> exactly. in? Like, we've seen it a thousand times. And you're like, yeah, you can be super strong. We I still don't really know how that works. And, and has any Flash comic or any, any Quicksilver comic, have they ever addressed what would happen if using super speed you run into somebody? No, no. no. <laughs> which, which I thought... Certainly not as brutally, gruesomely violent <laughs> as that. <laughs> right. But damn, if they didn't make the the deep uh, the pseudo Aquaman uh, making fun of him kind of guy, they, they always, they've done oh Aquaman. Oh my god! And the scene where he the hooks gills up, hooks up with the townie. Oh, the oh. gills! Oh, that was horrific! Oh, oh horrific! <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that the, the the there was another scene that I'm I'm forgetting now. But the, the God, I can't remember it. Oh well, whatever. But the, the thing that was interesting too about the the team that Butcher has. Um, it's essentially in the in the comic they're already formed as a team. Yeah. When Huey comes along, right. So to have them essentially have an origin story within this uh, uh, this show, I thought was kind of brilliant because he did know everyone except for the female. They don't save the female in the comic. Like I think maybe that's a flashback later on down the road. I think you do find out later on what happened, but yeah, yeah like she's just there at the beginning and exactly. like loyal to Frenchie. And what's this about Fukuhara that they'll give her these roles but they don't let her speak? Right, Katana, she didn't speak, and now this, she didn't speak. It's just kind of. I'm sure she's a good actress. She's, well, she's clearly a good actress. She's clearly, yeah. She doesn't need to convey with any words. She can do it all. But I, I really enjoyed her element of the, and the chemistry. The French guy is fantastic. The 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 gentleman who played the black guy, he, they were all. Really yeah, I had good. a crush on Frenchie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. He was he was sexy. He was chill. <laughs> yeah, I liked. It was a good combo of all those guys. And then by the end, you you wonder where it's all going to go uh, with Butcher, with Huey, because also Huey and Starlight had kind of come to terms with their stuff with Homelander. Yeah, with Homelander I mean, like, too. Yeah, I mean, like I, th- I thought the arc with Hugh, with Huey and, and Starlight actually worked really well because you really get to a certain point with the betrayal that she feels with what he did, and you're like, yeah. how do you come back from that? And and that was a really well written speech he gave. Yep. That kind of like I bought I bought her turn back. You know, because it also coincides with her just realizing how corrupt yeah. the world of the Seven is. And, you know, what I love about it, and a little bit more in the show than the comic, because I think the comic just kind of keeps pretty, it, it, it keeps a pretty cynical it does. Uh, viewpoint of everything, of humanity right. in general. Right. And I think the show takes a little bit of a lighter view, or at least gives us a glimmer of hope. Because uh, I don't know, I would I would still enjoy the boys if there wasn't a starlight. Right. But... I like that there's at least one character that stands up for like the superhero that I that I want the world to see. Right. I think if you're going to do a if you're going to do a version of it for consumption on TV or film, you have to have that character yeah. be that. Because initially I rejected it at first. I was like, oh, they're just gonna. Okay, I guess because it's 2019, we got to make her come to her senses quicker because it takes a long time in the comics for her to realize to finally start fighting back. Right? Yeah. And and stand her ground, but. I but it worked within the construct of the show. It absolutely worked and was believable. Yeah, I don't think you could have lasted much longer of having her just get beat down by right. the seven and do what she did. Like, like I, I think, I think that's something that I think did go along, go on a little bit long in the comic. Mm. And I like the pacing of this. I like her getting in and sort of instantly realizing that this is not necessarily what she signed up for. Right. And I thought her speech at the Christian uh, festival. fair festival. Yeah. Was great. Like I think, I think just calling out just the hypocrisy yeah. of all of that was such a powerful moment. And so from that point forward, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like I really yeah. dug it. Yeah. Do you guys feel like from the books, them dialing back some of the more graphic aspects of the story? Do you think that was the right call? 
Yeah, I think I think you have to. I think overall you have to, unless you want to make an X-rated show. You have to because like the Esposito and uh, 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 Carl Urban, their relationship is very sexually brutal. She she hates herself for fucking him. Like she, she they have a whole thing right. where he bangs her for information and gets files and access to all this, and she hates herself. And they call each other these terrible Probably names. Probably not. The best, yeah, and, thing to put on TV, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, look, I think and that, we've changed the society of what we want to see. And I think that the boys' comic is a little bit too far in some of those directions. Mm. And I think, like with anything, look, I think like the MCU doesn't dive into Tony Stark's alcoholism, right? You know, what I mean, like I think, I think in any version Black of Widow's these murdering and, or Black, yeah. Or, yeah, or you know, Black Widow and Hawkeye and the things that they've really done in the comic, like, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, any version of some, kind of what goes on in comics particularly some some more mature comics like the boys it's you have to sort of pull back a little bit yeah yeah like it's just not it wouldn't be appropriate it wouldn't be good storytelling on tv yeah gotcha. agreed to me I, there's probably other people that disagree to me it wouldn't be i, I agree with you man um any of the final words before we wrap it up we're at 22 minutes no uh, okay. uh baby baby as a as a weapon what a fantastic yeah. what a fantastic sequence i really hated superman returns i hope i like it in second season of the boys I don't, Interesting. I don't like a super baby. Uh, you don't like Jonathan Kent in the comics now? I don't you don't mind. read the comics now? I don't mind Jonathan Kent in the comics now. Okay. What I didn't like is Superman Returns, the super baby. I don't like super yeah, babies. Well, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things in Superman Returns that are... Superpowers masquerading as asthma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did, that's the other scene I like where they use the baby to... The x-ray eye to kill it. That was brilliant. For Butcher to use the ch- the baby to use the X-ray eyes and kill everybody in Did the room. Did you just zone out two seconds ago when <laughs> Shannon just said that? Did he? Yes. Using a baby as a weapon. <laughs> oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. Well, I meant I was embellishing on it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Just making sure. <sighs> oh, you get know off what? my lawn. Wait. Yeah, I have one final thing. I have one final thing. You know what oh. my favorite part was? When they use that baby as a weapon with the oh, X-ray okay. eyes, with the, right. the laser eyes. God, what's, what's happening right now? <laughs> I think we're getting oxygen <laughs> in this <perfect>. room. <laughs> I think I understand Homelander now. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this uh, spoiler review of uh, The Boys. I hope you all uh, enjoyed the show. And let us know what you thought. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What did you think were great? And if you've read the comics, what did you like about the changes? Did you enjoy or, did, or not like about the changes? Let us know uh, when you tweeted us or in the comment section. I am trying to put more of these on YouTube uh, for people to leave comments for us and for us to read them and hear what people are saying. So look for the show on YouTube as well uh, as uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um... That's it? Yeah? Yeah. All right. You can follow Mike at MK Tune. You can follow Shannon at... <laughs> Shannon, the Ge- Shannon the Geek Buddy on Instagram. Uh, at Shannon underscore McClung on Twitter. So you, you don't know either. You don't know either. I can't you remember. Remember. And you can follow Johnny at The Roca Says. That's right. And, they're right. and, that's, uh... and you can follow us on uh, Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies on Twitter at geek underscore buddies. There you go. Well done. Boom. And uh, that's it for this episode of... Oh, this bonus content episode of... The Geek Buddies!
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.